Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. In the Old Testament law, it was unlawful for a man to commit murder or to commit adultery. But in the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament, even to hate someone or just to look upon someone with lust is to fall short of the standard of the kingdom of the heavens. Ron Kangas has joined us today as we come once again to consider this account in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and how none of us can possibly reach this high standard of the kingdom with our natural life. Welcome back to the program, Ron. It's good to be back, and I appreciate your opening comments there. The common, although sincere, reader of the Gospel of Matthew. We'll take Matthew 5, 6, and 7 very seriously, regard it as an exceedingly high standard for what they regard as human behavior. And those who go on to consider their actual living in the light of what the Lord Jesus spoke will be at the least disappointed, if not discouraged, even despondent. This happens in the thought, the feeling of believers, because they don't have a clear view of the Lord's intention here. They read it with the assumption the Lord is trying to simply uplift our outward behavior, but actually he's doing something very different. And this very different matter, as I hope we will see as we interact during this program, has two main aspects to it. One is, the Lord's requirements touch our inner being. They expose not only what we do and how we behave, they expose to the uttermost what we are. So someone may say, I never murdered anyone, I never had the thought of murdering anyone. Okay, that doesn't mean in your being you don't have the temper, the anger, the rage, the hatred toward another human being. That is what the Lord is targeting. But the second matter is beyond words. It's so marvelous. 
He is addressing not just common human beings in this teaching, in these chapters. He is addressing the people of the kingdom, the sons of God, those who have been born of God and who have received eternal life, the life of God, and this life is deep in their being, and the Lord wants to open up not only our being, but also the capacity of his divine life that is in us, that we may realize that what is impossible for us is altogether possible, effortlessly possible to God. So our focus should be not on outward behavior, but on an exposure of what's in our inner being so that we give up trying to meet these requirements by self-effort. And then also the Lord's Word opens up the tremendous unlimited capacity of the divine life in the regenerated believers. And it is this life, and only this life, which is actually Christ himself, that can fulfill and live out the words that he speaks in these three chapters. Thanks, Ron. In the last program, we saw that in the Old Testament, the laws regarding murder and adultery were complemented by the New Testament law of the kingdom, or as we've called it lately, the constitution of the kingdom, is how it's described in these chapters of Matthew. Today, in this first section, we're going to come to verse 38 and beyond in chapter 5 of Matthew. Of course, verse 38 has a very well-known expression. It says, quote, You have heard that it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist him who is evil. Rather, whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. End of quote. This is a fairly well-known parable, but with a much deeper meaning, perhaps, as we get into this life study and examine it from the perspective of the kingdom of the heavens. Let's join Witness Lee for our first section today. The old law says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But here, the law says what? If someone is claiming for your tunic, you better give him the cloak. And the same thing, and here is one compels you to walk with him for one mile. And then the Lord Jesus says, you walk another mile. Everybody can make it, but just you wouldn't do it. The trouble is not from your opponent. The trouble is with your temper. You know why this dear one comes to you to claim of your tunic? The undershirt, because the Lord allows him to come. They to put you on the test and to show you where you are. That little temper is still there. It is not a matter of dollars. It is not a matter of material things. It is altogether a matter of your temper. This doesn't mean we must be a kind of a nonsensical person without any discernment doesn't mean that. 
but it means that we are above our temper and we are above the material things. So we would never be stirred up in our temper and we will be never touched by the material thing. This is the overcoming attitude of the kingdom people. The old law doesn't touch people's temper. The old law doesn't touch people's heart. But this changed new law altogether touches it. It touches your temper. It touches your heart. Well, Ron, the Old Testament principle in dealing with others was, as we've heard, an eye for an eye. And of course, this is fair. But it leaves our temper still fully intact. The New Testament standard that we're seeing in Matthew 5 of not resisting is much more aimed at bringing this ugly thing, our temper, under God's dealing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now we build on our previous fellowship. The Lord is concerned not only with what we do. We may say, this person did this to me. It's only right that I do the same to him. According to the natural human concept, according to right and wrong, that may seem to be correct. But the Lord is concerned with what we are. He knows what is in human beings. He weighs our spirits and our hearts. He knows us. He knows that we have this problem of temper and anger. So he even says, if you lose your temper with a brother, you're angry at him and you call him such and such a name, you'll be disciplined by God. You will not receive the kingdom reward. So the point here, and this needs to be driven home, is what's in our being. And what is in our being, in this case, it's the temper, the anger. I would even go further and say the rage that's in us, even if it's covered over, it's there. And because it's there, it's contrary to the kingdom life, to Christ himself. And the Lord wants to deal with what is there and then train us to live not by self-effort, but by Christ himself as the divine life deep in our being. This is the point. This is the focus. Well, Ron, there's another comparison ahead of us. Of course, we have the old law that also says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, a quotation from Leviticus. But the heavenly constitution tells us that we not only have to love our neighbor, but in the New Testament, the standard is we also must love our enemy. Let's join Witness Lee once again. To love the neighbor and to hate the enemy, that's right, that's fair. But here, the Lord Jesus says, no, even love your enemy. Again, what is this? This is a matter touching your being. Why you love the good neighbor? Just because they are just one with your feeling. They correspond with your feeling. But the enemy is something against your feeling. Something stirring up. Again, your temper. 
So this is again a kind of a test. If you read these three chapters, five, six, seven, you could see the heavenly constitution never allows an inch space for our natural being. This heavenly constitution kills every germ of our natural being. This is not just to expose what is in you, but this is just to show you the divine life that is within you, to show you how much this resurrection life can do. This reveals to us, my, how much this inner life can do for us. Because we can be perfect. Perfect as what? Not as you, nor as me, but perfect as our Heavenly Father. Could we be perfect as Him? You have to say, yes. Why? Because we do have such a perfecting life. The perfecting life of the Divine Father is within us. We have such a divine life with such a divine nature that can perfect us, can make us so perfect as our Heavenly Father. Ron, this is a wonderful point that what we're reading really has two effects. One is to expose our condition. The other is to reveal the potential of his life in us. To love our neighbor, I think, is one thing, probably within the capacity of most people to some degree. But to love our enemies is really something that's beyond our natural ability and capability, isn't it? It is, and we need to pay attention to this and not just dismiss this word by saying, this is impossible, forget about it. No, these are kingdom requirements. But the Lord wants to expose the limits of our natural life and actually the contamination and fallenness of our natural life and at the same time reveal the capacity of the divine life by giving us this higher commandment. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. We need to realize we can't do this, but it's a commandment. So we must do it, but we can't do it. The Lord wants us to know that we can't do it. Then he wants us to realize he as the divine life within us does this effortlessly, spontaneously. So we need to see both matters at the same time. The impossibility of our natural life to overcome our fallen being and the unlimited capacity of the divine life that we received through regeneration. This life, and only this life, can fulfill the requirements, the high standards of the kingdom of the heavens. Ron, what's really striking here, of course the Old Testament law, just the the ten basic items, I think most even good people, struggle their whole life with, and almost, but maybe not quite, make that standard. And then here in the Gospel of Matthew, in the constitution of the kingdom, the Lord comes and just raises the bar clear out of reach, in a sense, for our natural life. 
It's as if we had any hope that we could somehow get there. This destroys that. Yet the standard has to be reached. It's the kingdom of God. It's not something that the Lord will just one day wink at and dismiss, really. This is a very important point because the tendency of our natural thinking is to say this requirement is unreasonable. How can anyone do this? I won't even try anymore. I consider it really an impossible demand. But let's remember, these are words spoken concerning living in the kingdom of God, specifically the aspect of the kingdom of God as the kingdom of the heavens. These words are spoken to believers, to disciples, to children of God, to sons of the kingdom. In brief, it's spoken to us believers in Christ. We have these requirements upon us, set there by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who are we to just dismiss them? So this is how we should proceed. We read the Lord's word. We read his requirement, for instance, loving our enemies. And we say, Lord, this is your word. I say, amen to your word. Then we should tell him, Lord, I realize it's impossible for me to do this. This is your word. I agree with your word, but I cannot remotely come close to this. It's at that point the Lord wants us to realize, yes, this is a requirement. No, you cannot fulfill it. But yes, the divine life that is in you through regeneration is the kingdom life with the kingdom nature and can spontaneously fulfill all of these requirements to the extent, as the Lord indicates at the end of chapter 5, you will be perfect even as the Heavenly Father is perfect because the life of the Heavenly Father expressed as love is now being fully developed in you and expressed as love. So now you're able to praise the Lord for these high, humanly impossible requirements, say amen to his word, fully admit to him the fallenness of our natural being, and then praise him that we have another life in us. This life, when it's given free course in us, spontaneously, effortlessly, automatically, fulfills absolutely every requirement of the kingdom of the heavens. Ron, we're going to stay on this topic. So let's go back to Witnessly, and then we'll have a few minutes together to wrap things up. This word is a word to touch your being, to touch your natural choice, to expose what you are and where you are, then you will be fully but subdued to him and give the full opportunity to the divine life that's in you. Let this divine life live. Then you will be perfect as the Heavenly Father. 
We cannot imitate the Father. When I was young, I was taught so. You see, the Heavenly Father loved all the bad men, so we have uh, to imitate him. We have uh, to love all the enemies, just like what he does. It sounds not bad, but I tell you, this is just to teach the monkeys to imitate an old father. These monkeys are not the sons of this old man. And this old man is not the father of these monkeys. But we are the sons of our heavenly father. And he is our father. We are not the monkeys. We are the regenerated children of God. God is not just an old man. God is our father. His life is within us. And his nature is within us. All the outward enemies, claimers, compellers, all these outward opponents are so good to us because they come to expose what we are, to expose, to touch our natural being that we may learn what? Not to trust in ourselves anymore. But we just look to him, realizing that he is our father and we have his divine life and divine nature within us. And we just have to stick ourselves to him. We live by this divine life and by this divine nature. Then we will be so perfect as our heavenly father. And this is the kingdom life. Even this is the kingdom of living. Many, many Christians misunderstand all these verses. They make all these verses a kind of instruction of their outward doings. And this is why among Christians, so many just got hot, disappointed. They say, no, this is too far. This is just Jesus Christ's talk. This is his talk. We are far off. We can make it. No, this is not his talk. This is his constitution of his kingdom. And we are his kingdom people. Surely we can do it. Why? Because we have the kingdom life. We are the kingdom people having the kingdom life. Surely we can do it. Not by ourselves. And we have to thank him. He does send so many <laughs> vice versa things into our environment in order to what? In order to touch our being, to expose where we are, that we may be fully subdued. Then we turn to him. We stick ourselves to him, and we trust in him, and we live by him. Then we will be the real kingdom people with the kingdom life to have a proper kingdom living. Ron, Witness Lee made a statement here that I've made a note of. I was very taken with it. See if you were struck with the same thing. Many, many Christians misunderstand all these verses. They make these verses a kind of instruction of their outward doing. And this is why so many Christians are always disappointed. 
That's a pretty good summary, I would say, of one level of Christian experience that we've all had. What does this word reveal, Ron, about the capacity of our natural life and the potential of the divine life within us? Here I would offer just a brief summary word of what we've been endeavoring to share in this program. We need to realize, in the light of the laws of the kingdom, the incapacity of our natural human life. Even if we had no sin, our natural human life could not be anything other than the natural human life and express that kind of life. But the Lord's requirements reveal the unlimited capacity of the divine life which is in our regenerated spirit. So we should not focus on trying to improve our behavior. Rather, we should focus on allowing the Lord to expose to us our fallen natural being, what we are, and to reveal in us the presence and the potential of the divine life we received when we were born of God, born of the Spirit. Then we will touch the essence of the Lord's teaching concerning the reality of the kingdom of the heavens. Thank you, Ron. I had to reflect with a bit of chuckle because we've all been in that experience where environmentally we're faced with something that is just absolutely impossible for us to deal with. We just seem to have no way to handle this person or this event. And I think that must be somewhat satisfying to the Lord when he finally says, At last! you are beginning to realize what it's all for. It's to point out to us an entirely different life. Ron, thanks for your fellowship today. It's good to have you with us. A blessing to be here. We hope that you'll be with us again as we continue on. We'll finish up the portion of messages covering Matthew chapter 5, and we have two more chapters in the Constitution of the Kingdom of the Heavens. This three-chapter group, 5, 6, and 7, has been the topic of much Christian study and focus for centuries, and millennia, really. So we'll continue with it for at least a couple more programs. Before we go, let me point out our toll-free number. It's 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Of course, our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to us at radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thank you very much for listening. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, BlackBerry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages, and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash 
ePublications. Thanks for listening today.